You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. As you turn there, get all the ushers, get all of the uh, ribbons out. Did anybody missing a ribbon tonight? Anybody at all? We thank the Lord for the deacons. We'll ask our deacons to come forward as you turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. And I want you to notice with me as they come, and deacons, once you are in your place, you can go ahead and be seated in the front rows here. Verse 23, for I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he's betrayed, took bread. Would you read verse 24 and 25 with me tonight? Verse 24, ready, begin. And when he had given thanks and break it, and said, take ye, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood, this do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Tonight, as folks are coming in, ushers, will you make sure, ushers, that are wherever, where you make sure the folks get a ribbon. We, we've tied a ribbon around our finger. Uh, have you ever had to do something like that? that? That statement really became popular in the 30s and the 40s. You forget something. I'll put a, uh, deacons, you may be seated. Uh, just, thank you. Uh, just, just tie a ribbon around your finger. Uh, sometimes in the middle of the night when I get up and wander around the house and I don't write something down, I have to do something crazy to remind me. For example, I have a, 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 a lock on the gate and, um, and I, oh man, I'm supposed to open that up tomorrow morning for someone to come in. And I don't want to write that down, so I get the keys and I throw it right at the base of the door when I walk out, that I have to step on it. I don't write it down, but I do something to remind me. That's what this ribbon is about. The, 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 the phrase, tie a ribbon, or post a ribbon, came from the Civil War. In the Civil War, they were sending their boys and their sons and their husbands and fathers off to battle. And they said, let's do this. Let's begin to tie a ribbon around the vines and around the bushes and around the trees. I'm not trying to make this secular tonight, but probably everybody knows the song in 1973, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. It's been three long years, and I don't know it after that, but it's just, it was a popular song. But I do know this, it began with the Civil War. And it says to remember to pray for your sons and your husbands. And to remember, and they always had this with hope, they're coming home. And so as people would travel wagons and places all over their region, they'd see yellow ribbons. Pray for your family that they'll come home. God's word says this doing remembrance. He, he did not give us a yellow ribbon, but he gave us the Lord's table. As often as you do this in remembrance of me, you show the Lord's death until he come. And tonight I'm very excited about what, what we're going to do together. Remember, uh, to, to remember means to recollect. 
It, it means to remind yourself. It's found 201 times in the Bible. Moses, as he was coming to the end of his life in Deuteronomy, he, he closes out his life and constantly said, I want you to remember. Don't forget. Keep remembering. Use the word forget and remembering repeatedly. Joshua picks it up after that, and he said, I want you to remember. I've thought so many times today of Brother Gil Bernardino. Today would have been Brother Bernardino's birthday had he lived, one of our good deacons. You know, uh, today would have been my dad's 99th birthday. I look at his picture every day. I look at all of our grandkids, their pictures. I look at my wife's picture. I look at different ones. I, every day I want to be reminded. Tonight I want to begin by saying here's what I want us to do tonight first. Could you and I remember Calvary? Calvary on a rugged hill stood a rugged cross. Could you remember Calvary with me? That Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin and for my sin. May this, as we look at this yellow ribbon, I don't know if you'll take it off right at the close of the service, but would it be a reminder that there was their place called Calvary. They led him to the place called Calvary, and there they crucified him. Calvary. Calvary covers it all. Thank God for Calvary. You know what else I want us to remember tonight at the Lord's table? I want to remember our church. Jesus gave his life for the church. I have a book. I used to keep journals for 40-some years. They're about this tall, about that thick, from Hallmark, empty pages. And for 40-some years, I wrote in it every day. I wrote the weather, what it was like, what happened at our church. I one time put an emotion in there. I, I feel very discouraged today. And I ripped that page out. I never wanted anybody to find it. I didn't want anybody to know that there was a moment when I was very low. And I had 40, I think, three years of those. And right before COVID, I start looking at that shelf after shelf after shelf. And I said, you know what, I don't think I put in anything here that I don't want someone to read. But why have my family have to deal with it? I loaded up the, the, the uh, a, tr a, tr a truck and I put them all in there and took it out to the dumpster and threw them all away. I was using those to write a journal every year, every 10 years. It was called, the first one was a blue book, and we sold it the first decade. And I took 365 days for 10 years, what we did on that day. I still have that one. And I wrote the second, a red book. The next 20 years, 10 years, what happened on that day. I find that 40 years ago in this month, uh, Vic and Pat Carr moved back to Santa Clara, California area. I see the Harder's name in there. I see a lot of folks' names. I see a lot, many people's names in there in the, those first 20 years that are laid to rest and are on the other side. I see many of them going out in the ministry. I wrote events that took place. For example, it was on this, is this event this year, uh, 1976, this day, that a lady showed up to work at our church building. Now that was unusual, and I know today it would not be unusual, but she worked for the telephone company. Ladies did not have that type of job 47 years ago. Ladies, she came in, and I'll never forget the day watching it. It's, I'm not saying she, she could not have that job. but just It wasn't a job that ladies had. 
Ladies did not call, climb the telephone poles. Ladies did not work in construction. It'd be very rare if you knew somebody that knew did that. And this lady came in, she had blue jeans on, she had a belt with all of her hammers and everything on there. And she was gonna install us a phone system. And uh, I'll never forget that. That was 47 years ago. And as she came in, she was so polite. And uh, we offered her something to drink, coffee, and we were polite to her. She worked all day. We had a little A-frame building, and about every 15 feet was glue lamb beams that came up straight like this and then touched one another, very high ceiling. And this lady, instead of running it at the base of the baseboard, she decided to run this from the back of the auditorium up that one post, then down through the other side of the post and down, and she, our whole auditorium was like this. And I said, this won't work. We have cable everywhere. I, I brought her boss out and he goes, my goodness, what did she do? That won't ever work. Well, it didn't work and they had to change it all. There's so many experiences like that, things that, that took place 47 years. I've been journaling through that book for the last many weeks, just looking what God did. You know, I was looking about the fact I saw a picture of five buses. We sent six men to New Jersey on a Sunday night after church. And we were in the Sunday evening service. It was before cell phones. And those men were bringing those buses across the country, Brother Poussin. And they got lost and separated in Kansas City. Well, you know, now you just pull over and you take your cell phone out and say, I'm over here at this exit. One by one, they'd get off the freeway, and they all got, it was the only time, and they said, I'm right here. Stay right there. Give me that phone number. And we had to work it out from their telephone booths where they'd go. And on Sunday night, we just began the evening service, and someone yelled out, they're coming down the street. And they brought those five buses. I'll never forget, we were weeping and excited. Five buses came, GMCs from uh, the state of New Jersey. I wanted to have us go around those five buses and hold hands and just sing and pray, but we didn't have enough people in our church to surround five buses. So we all got on one side, and we sang, and we praised God, and we dedicated to God. You know, God's been so good to us for 47 years. I told you Sunday, we didn't have any offering plates that matched. They were all given to us, different places. We had three Lord's table sets like this. The lids did not work on any of them, and they couldn't stack them all. They were just hand-me-downs from other churches. Our psalm books were the same one, inspiring hymns, but we had red ones and we had green ones, and we had most of them had tape on the red ones, red tape, or green tape on the green ones. God's been so good to us. You know, I'll never forget as we, uh, we normally tried to do something big every year. We started a church in different countries on our anniversary. We started churches in California. We started churches at your home church in Connecticut. And in, in this, this week, anniversary Sunday, we always would try to break ground on anniversary Sunday. We tried to dedicate a building if we did not break ground. This building was, was broke, the ground was broken on anniversary Sunday. God's been so good to us for 47 years. I wish we could take some time to testify a little bit. The bus ministry, you'll see it in the bulletin Sunday. 
over a million and a half riders. Almost 90,000 people have walked the aisles of our church, one-on-one, -on -one, bowing their knee and getting saved. That does not include outside soul wanting door-to-door, just inside. Nearly 19,000 have followed the Lord in believer's baptism. God's given us a printing ministry, a Sunday school ministry, a bus ministry. We didn't have any of that at the beginning. God gave us, gave us radio ministry and live stream ministry. And God has given us a Christian school. I'll never forget the night we voted in 1977. The vote was 42 to 1. Let's start and begin a Christian school. I'll never forget that night. Ms. Treber and I had been here for about six months almost. And uh, on July the 14th, tomorrow, it's 46 years ago, you said, we want you to be our only pastor. And that's 46 plus the other six months or so, all these years, God's been so good Amen. to us. We've parked our buses everywhere. They've been in Alviso. They've been at where now the 49ers Stadium is. They've been in parking lots. They've been at the schools. They, we, we've found parking lots and now can't find one, so we're just making do. We, 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 we broke ground on Anniversary Sunday in 1981 to build a big building over there, 32,000 square feet building, 1981. When we broke ground for that building, it was such an exciting day. That meant that I thought it was going to be one year, but it turned out to be two. We did not have one parking stall for two years. And we met inside of a tent for two years. And we dedicated the building on anniversary Sunday, 1983. Ushers, you can bring folks in. I know they're starting to tie up there. You know, I want us to remember with the yellow ribbon. I want us to remember Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane. I try to claim daily, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable. The fellowship, I'm supposed to remember Calvary every day. And I want you to remember our church. I want you to remember the great people that are here and that have come and that have gone. I want you to remember that we have great friends that love us. Tonight we said, let's, let's not forget, let's not forget Calvary. Let's not forget your church. You need a church. Mothers and dads, when the kids break your heart, you need a church. When, when a mate walks out on you, you need a church. When you bury a loved one, you need a church. When the joys flood your heart, you need a church. Your babies need to grow up in the nursery. Oh, don't, don't ever forget the church. Don't ever forget Calvary. And I want to close this because God says, I want you to remember some things. Don't ever forget your conversion. I've known for some time I'm going to be on this theme. And so Monday morning, we were in a staff meeting with probably 25, 30 employees. And I said, tell me about your salvation, a man, then a lady, then a man. Then a it was so, it was just, it was, for my heart, it was like revival. Hearing different ones in our staff, how they came to know the Lord as your Savior, whether they rode a bus or whether they're in a distant city or a different, di different country. At a deacon's meeting last night, this church has given me 41 deacons. And the, many of them were there, most were there last night. The testimonies 
I said, tell me about your salvation. And I think about over here, Brother Andy Gong, uh, as a boy, 29 years ago, was in San Francisco. They told how he got saved. And across the bay, 30 years ago in Oakland, was Alan Fong, how he got saved. And then Brother, Brother um, Benny, uh, his testimony, how he got saved. And Brother Jakob, in 1973, a neighbor got saved. He had nothing to do with it. He said, I don't want it. And that neighbor just kept coming every day. And who would ever think that, you know, these men I talk about, who would ever think they would even be lost, and they are, like all of us are. I think of all the testimonies I heard from so many men last night. I wish we could take a microphone and go to you right now when you got saved. I said earlier, I, I, I try never let a day go by that I don't think about that glorious day. I thought of my sisters and myself, my sister that just passed away suddenly. Um, she got saved in an apricot tree about 20 minutes from here in our backyard. She was such a sweet girl. She realized she was lost and in that apricot tree. She prayed and asked Christ to save her. I got saved 65 years ago in a little building that had no electricity, but we had lanterns glowing that night. I have no idea what our pastor preached. And I remember walking forward and Viva Morningstar leading me to Christ. I never knew my sister Jill's testimony. I don't know why. She'd probably told me a thousand times, but I was preaching in Long Beach for her husband and they picked me up at the airport and about 10, 15, 20, maybe 20 years ago. And she said, Jack, do you know my testimony? I said, you know what, Jill, I, I can't remember. She says, you know that night you got saved? I said, oh, I, I'll never forget that night. She said, I came home and I said to my mom, mother, in her bedroom, dad, I need to get saved. They said, well, honey, just because Jack did that, you don't need to do that tonight. God will leave. She goes, I'm ready. And so one got saved at church and one got saved in parents' bedroom and one got saved in an apricot tree. Sandy Sly is here, her sister Barb. Young, really, just took her last breath. Aren't you glad you have the testimony that she was born again? Saved. Heaven's your home. I wish I could go to the Spanish ministry, sit down and talk to all of you how you got saved. I wish I could talk to people with their hands and tell me your testimony of salvation and understand it. I think of Brother Caleb Galvan, how that at birth, his birth mother said, I can't raise him. And a preacher and his wife, Spanish, were praying that God would give him a child, another child. They had children. And that, that couple came and were able to pick up this boy. And I can tell he's told the story publicly. And he became their son. And then he became a child of God. You know, when you're, when you're born, the Bible says we're born into the family of God. That means that he, I, I, can, I, I only can have one father and one mother. I am born into that family. So what about being adopted? Well, you know what? The Bible says we've been adopted too. Yeah. Covered all the bases. 
You know, when you get adopted, you can never be unadopted. When you get born, your parents can emancipate you. In my ministry, I know a man that emancipated his daughter. Went down here to the city hall and said, she's no longer mine. County records, he got rid of her. She was grown, but she, I don't want to be her dad. But you've been adopted as well as born in. They can never get rid of you. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.